a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So here we have the the promise of the virgin birth already. And, and now it says that he, this promised seed, shall bruise you, the serpent on the head. So this, and you will bruise him on the heel. So uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. So this is the first gospel. What in the world? The Lord's Supper is to help rediscover your innate goodness? Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying it's like saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Councilman Darren Layton. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk Radio points. Hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, we're going to do some bumper stickers, some Ten Commandments in the News, some emails. So uh, if you just want to turn the radio off for the next hour or so, uh, <laughs> your regular program will resume right after that. Uh, email. I haven't done that in a long time. I know. I feel good. Uh, that's good. Okay, so uh, buzzwords. I have a... Um, Kind of a, a two-fold buzzword for you. Um, the the buzzword itself is sin. So you'll get up to 250 points for using the word sin. Um, sin is a transgression against, against God's commands. Now, um, we might also break up this buzzword sin into uh, two kinds of sin. That is original sin and actual sin. So you'll get um, another 250 for using either one of those. So you have the potential. Of getting uh, 750 points. That's pretty exciting. If I so, so sin is 250, original sin is 250, and actual sin is 250. Right. What if I commit a sin while recording? Well, that's that's assumed. So I didn't I didn't bring that into the calculation. <laughs> uh, so the difference between uh, original sin and actual sin. Original sin is the kind of sin that you're born with. You inherit this uh, from your parents, and uh, their parents from their parents. And uh, all the way back to Adam and Eve. So um, you and I have um, no choice in the matter. We, we, we can't just set out, okay, today I'm not going to sin because we were born in original sin. So this uh, original sin uh, affects uh, our, our, our will, our thinking, and our doing. Uh, but speaking of our doing, that is the actual sin. So when we talk about actual sin, it's the actual transgressions you commit against God. Uh, so... Um, I, I, uh, you know, chew out Pastor Wolfmuller and I, uh, don't, uh, you know, care and love for him. Uh, I am committing an actual sin, uh, that is against the fifth commandment. Yes. But you're getting kind of used else? to that, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. My, my conscience has been hardened to the sins committed against me. <laughs> Good. That's convenient. That's nice. Okay. What's your buzzword? Uh, my buzzword for you is syncretism. Have we done this? Yeah, I think so. But go ahead. We can do it again. We probably – how many – this is a ridiculous number of shows we've done. Some 2,000 or something? <laughs> and in the whole thing, we're all these buzzwords, so who can remember? In fact, someone said something to me on Facebook about something I said in, a sh- in like three shows ago, and I could for the life of me not remember it. 
Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to pull better. that up to see what it was because it was an it was a horribly obnoxious thing that I must have said. <laughs> you that is to say, uh, to, uh, the point I'm getting to here is that I treat recording this show like um, someone who when someone says something really bad to someone else and they block it out of their memory, you know, a suppressed memory. Mm-hmm. So today's buzzword is syncretism, and here's a definition that I want you to critique. Syncretism generally refers to the objectional cooperation between Christians and non-Christians. In our church body's context, that's the church body of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, the basic issue revolves around the appropriateness of Lutheran Christians participating in worship or prayer with non-Lutheran Christians, considered unionism by some, and or doing so in the presence of non-Christians, considered syncretism by some. Did you, uh, did you write that definition? No. <laughs> um, okay, I'll, I'll let you critique it. <laughs> you don't want to bring it on, whoever wrote this thing? Um, yeah, no, okay. Here's the first thing. is that That does not have to do with the presence of unbelievers. Participating in worship or prayer in the presence of non-Christians? That's ridiculous definition of syncretism. Of course not. That's not what syncretism means. What syncretism means is standing up in uh, in the uh, participating in a worship service alongside of uh, of other uh, heretics and or non uh, Christian religious leaders. So syncretism well, would be me uh, saying a benediction after the Buddhist says the prayer. Now. Uh, I noticed your definitions seem to use the words unionism and secretism interchangeably. Yeah, that's the old style. So unionism would be joining theologically with uh, with someone who we disagree with. Syncretism would be joining in worship uh, with someone we disagree with. That's how the old that's how the old definition. We've changed it in modern parlay. Is that a real thing? Parlay, parlance. Sure. Parlez-vous. <laughs> In the, our modern way of speaking, we use unionism for worshiping with other non-Lutherans and syncretism for worshiping with other non-Christians. Okay. That's, that's, how, that's a modern definition, but the ancient definition is different. But anyway, no matter. Same difference. Fair enough. Uh, it's a bad idea because see, this is what you, 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 we realize. This is going to become more and more important, by the way. You know the old Missouri Synod, this old bunch of grumpy Lutherans? Which, by the way, have I told you how the Lutheran Church started? That I figured out my... Have I announced my... My the, the source of the Reformation theory, the cold the uh, the the, the uh, ice age theory. Hold on, let me get my coffee. Okay, go ahead. I mean, serious. I don't want to tell the story again. No, I don't. I mean, this is one I, of the marks of getting old. If if uh, <laughs> if uh, you did say it, it's at repressed memory. So why don't you just go ahead? <laughs> so so this is true because I I know it's true because I saw it on PBS. I'm sure at some point, and that is that during the Middle Ages there was a mini ice age. It was like. 15 degrees colder, the days were shorter, the growing season was shorter, everyone was stuck inside, they didn't have enough to eat, so they're all sitting there, huddling out of the rain in Germany, and uh, sitting in these tiny little houses with these huge families, not having enough to feed their kids, and everyone got really grumpy, and they reached a certain threshold of grumpiness, and then, bloop, they became Lutheran, which... It's just so it's like spontaneous combustion after you reach a certain level of grumpiness. Do you know all about that? I think I did see that PBS special. Now, the thing that is important to know about this is this is why there are hardly any Lutherans in Hawaii and a lot of Lutherans in Indiana and Wisconsin. (laughs) And Minnesota. And And Minnesota. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. Et cetera. 
There also is in Germany there was a, there was the lack of the capacity to go to the beach, which is why there are very few Lutherans in places with uh, oceans, including Oregon. <laughs> Boy, that that's a solid theory. I I think that. Yeah, no, I think that, it's true. Now, <laughs> in the now there was a point to that, which was. Oh, that's how Lutheranism started. Oh, yeah. So when the Missouri Senate started, they were grumping around Germany, and everyone else was kind of getting in a good mood. And so they said, look, you guys aren't grumpy enough. we got to go to the United States so we can grump around, and you guys won't force us to be happy. So they moved to the United States, and one of the first things that happened in the beginning of the old uh, Missouri Senate is that they said, hey, we shouldn't probably do unionism and syncretism things uh, because doctrine is important. And true doctrine saves, like Paul says to Timothy, Devote yourself to the teaching, for in doing so you will save yourself and your hearers. And false doctrine damns, like what Jesus says about the false teachers. So we shouldn't do this. Now, if it was important then, it's especially important now, as our world is reverting to paganism. And the chief thing of paganism is that, well, you can have your God, but I can have my God. You know, there's a ton of gods bouncing around, and, uh, and you could worship however many you want. So it's fine for the pagan if you worship Jesus, as long as you let them worship Aster or themselves or whatever, right? So, uh, uh, so that's uh, so that is imp- especially important that we don't stand up and pray with the other confessions because God says, "Look, I am the Lord your God," and then this, which is a different thing, you shall have no other gods before me. I mean, if the Israelites just wandered over to Cana and said, hey, guys, we're here, and we got a new god named Yahweh, and the Canaanites would say, hey, rock on. Can we make some statues of them? We'll put them up next to our statues of Baal and and Aster and Molech and everything else. And then they said, oh, yeah, but we have this one little thing here where it says, you shall have no other gods before me. And the Canaanites say, what? That's not tolerant at all. Look, they got we got the coexist bumper sticker on the back of our chariots, you know? <laughs> So it's especially important that in these gray and latter days that we are aware of this whole deal. Yes, very good. Um, That's what I have to say. Especially with the coexist bumper stickers, which would take us uh, maybe to bumper sticker theology. We have time for maybe one quick one before the commercial break. And here it is. I've got a bumper sticker to report. Uh, It's a bumper sticker for a church. It says, try God. You've tried everything else. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. This is like, you know how they say the first step when you're in AA, uh, when you're the first step to recovery is you have to hit bottom? Mm-hmm. And this is this kind of view for Christianity. It's like uh, Christianity only works when you've hit bottom, mm-hmm. when you've tried everything else and nothing else has worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might I, be, There might be a little bit of truth to that. Sure. Um, but it's also interesting that uh, even in the Christian life, there's a lot of hitting bottoms. Um, so if 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 uh, you're treating God as kind of the solution to all your problems, I think that you're going to be be bringing on a lot more problems, you know, like persecution and and tentatio and things like this that you didn't know before. But we will take a commercial break and we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio and we'll be listening to more of your bumper stickers right after this. He said, I have seen the authors. And I ask a scuffer that this fight is not fighting. And I've seen a mother and I will know other to follow me where I'm going. So take a shower and shine your shoes. You got no time to 
Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right? Well, I got a bumper sticker on the back of my truck. There ain't another like it cause I had it made up. I can tell who's behind me. They give themselves away. Lay on their horn when they read this phrase. Honk if you honk it's honk. Don't if you don't, but if you do, don't you love to honk if you honk it's Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, Bumper Sticker Theology. If you have bumper stickers to report, you can call them in at 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. We'll also take your church signs and what else do we do? Um, maybe that's it. Bumper stickers and church signs. All right, Pastor Wolf, are you ready for another one? Yeah, oh yeah. Are we on? Hello, right? Table Talk Radio. This is Ray calling from Irvine, California. I have a, I guess what would be a bumper sticker theology report, though perhaps it would be better to call it a Christian marketing theology report. This was on the back of a big rig, JJC Leasing Inc., because just Jesus Christ has a better lease for you. Enjoy. Bye. All right. Just Jesus Christ has a better lease for you. Uh, <laughs> what does that even mean, do you think? <laughs> Do you have a category for things like this on your uh, Worldview catalog? Oh, I forgot about that Worldview catalog. Let me pull it up. Yeah, you better pull that up. Uh, ones that just don't make sense, maybe. <laughs> you know, if you, you can. What you, are you talking about? <laughs> World. That is the, what are you talking this, about, Worldview? Well, how come? Why don't? Why don't we have a actual Worldview catalog somewhere published somewhere? Do we? I don't know. I think this is a bad problem. If when uh, every time we have a new bumper sticker, it gets a new worldview. Oh yeah, uh, here it is. Um, but this one's outdated. The last one on on the list on the website is the world is g- getting better, and I'm and I'm the proof, <laughs> which is the evolution <laughs> That's the worldview. evolution worldview. Yeah. There's a then we have added to that God is dangerous worldview. Coexist, all dogs go to heaven. Uh, fill in the blank. Jesus, God is a super nice guy. No Bible, no good. Uh, God's little instruction book. What's that? I don't understand. Don't kill babies. That's the abortion bumper sticker category. I love your cat. That's the paganism worldview. I like that one. That has a nice little double entendre. I'm a hippie, not like a Linda worldview. That's also my favorite. These are all my favorites. All right, so give me that one one more time, and let's see if it fits into any of this nonsense. Um, it's uh, I just I just closed it. <laughs> you Don't worry, I've opened the ca- haunted house evangelism. That's Pascal's wager: fire and brimstone preaching scary people into the faith. That might be re- related to the God is dangerous uh, uh, worldview. I'm gonna put those next to each other. Hmm. Someone put a lot of thought into this little catalog. At some point. At some point. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, okay. What else? You want another one? Yeah. Bumper sticker. Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite, which is so <laughs> wrong on so many levels because everybody knows that, well, I'm his favorite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy, you that's know, right. We could we could mix our new game into this when we whenever we play. Put the this best. Now. If you mm-hmm. like it, then you better put the best construction on it. Yeah. If you like it, then you better put the best construction so, on it. Oddly enough, the the best construction. Well, I don't know which. I'm going to lay out two constructions. You tell me which one is better. Okay. <laughs> Either that this person is is mocking Christians or other religious types who say that God loves you, or that'd be one, or yeah. um, this person actually thinks that I'm his favorite. No, I guess yeah. there's a third construction which probably is the best. That this person has a sense of humor. Right. I'm just this, not this used person, to that. They, you, 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 I don't often never, consider that. You've never been around a person with a sense of humor before. No, I'm still looking for someone. The problem is I hang around, hang around Lutherans too much. <laughs> yeah, though. Bloop. And it's cold out here. Bloop. <laughs> Justification by grace through faith. It's bloop. It's like a. Is that you changing like the, the channel? What was the, that? <laughs> bloop. What was that? Uh, that it was that movie where the things were nice and fuzzy, and then they turned into the little creepy thing, the Gremlins. Oh yeah, <laughs> the spontaneous combustion. That's how. That's like That's the story of Lutheranism. <laughs> By the way, I'm against that word Lutheranism. I know. Uh, I'm not against the books called Lutheranism 101, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Please note, CPH, my dearest. But I am against <laughs> also the word Lutheranism because it's not a movement, etc. We, I'm sure, have talked about that now. The other, so the option of funniness is, I'd like to say that Jesus loves you, but I don't think it's appropriate just to say that without then therefore making a joke. Thus, uh, thus, I say, I'm going to also say he's my favorite, and that'll cut through the tension. I've also oftentimes noted um, that I think we need to be careful when we talk about kind of the abstract love of God, um, because what this leads to is the idea that um ah, god god loves me uh no matter what i do you know i'm it's kind of the the uh kind of the the old grandpa that would never you know chide his grand grandkids you know right um right. but we have to talk about the love of god in the context of the person of jesus christ right that's right that's right so so normally you i mean so the gospel is god loves you but you preach the gospel without the law or whatever to the modern american hey god loves you and everyone's like well yeah of course how else would he feel about me <laughs> have you oh, yeah so, yeah that's so right. fantastically lovable i mean what, that's not a surprise of course god loves me what what, what are the other options <laughs> uh have you done this project um the what does god think of me project no i think that'd be interesting to go on the street and say uh, what does god think of you Hey, all right, I might do that. What does... I'm writing this down so I don't forget. What does of course, God I'll forget where I wrote it down. What does God think of you? Question mark. Video project. I might take it on as an audio project. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might write letters to people and see what they say. <laughs> I'll do Facebook. <laughs> I will do Facebook right now. <laughs> oh, you're so predictable. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what to post on my status. I was going to post up that bad definition of syncretism, but worried about the repercussions. I didn't. Now I'm writing. What does God... Now, you know what someone will be able to do? They'll be able to go back and see when I posted this question, and they'll know the exact moment at which we were recording this show. <gasps> That's interesting. So it's uh, you know, they would know that if uh, if we would do another online 
live YouTube broadcast, they would know that as well. Yes. We should do that. Now, okay. next. Hi, I've got a church sign to report. <clears throat> it says a bad attitude spoils the gift. Bad attitude spoils the gift. Is that what it said? Yep, and it's uh, on Assemblies of God Church. Assemblies of God. I think that is a go to go along with the sermon attitude, the be happy attitudes. <laughs> I, by the way, am not against happiness, I've decided. I'm for happiness. You're pro-happiness? <laughs> pro I'm pro-happy. <laughs> Uh, well, you've got a lot of explaining to do then. <laughs> yeah, I know because how can it? How can my theory of the birth of the Lutheran doctrine coexist with my pro-happiness stance? Yeah, I'm a bundle of contradictions. <laughs> I I am like a turkey wrapped in a chicken wrapped in a duck or whatever. <laughs> I'm a theological turducken. Did didn't we have that on the show at some point? The I the cow so. wrapped in a a deer wrapped in a goat, wrapped no. in a turkey, wrapped in a duck. That was a thing. That yeah. was a real thing yeah. at some point. No, it wasn't. It was. It was the. It was the beyond the turducken. You know the turducken made famous by uh, by John Madden. Mm-hmm. Er, uh, there she got a duck wrapped inside a chicken, wrapped inside a turkey. That's my imitation of John Madden. <laughs> Anyhow, good. someone took a turducken. And they also stuck in a, they wrapped it inside a, a goat, inside a deer, inside a cow. You don't even know about that? I, I think no, we talked about it on the show at some point. No, I'm pretty sure. It was probably our Hinduism special. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyhow, I, I got one what are we talking about? A bad attitude spores. Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about, about the actual church sign, which is to say... That so God gives you the gift, but if you are if you grump about it, then you're in a bad you're it's a bad deal. It bad deal. Yeah. Don't grump at the gift. Now, uh, one thing that we should talk about is um, how maybe a Lutheran would understand a word like the gift, and how Assemblies of God Church would understand a word like the gift. Oh yeah. Um. So usually, uh, in the in the Catechism, Luther talks about the gifts of God being. Um, uh, forgiveness of sins, salvation, and um, life, salvation, forgiveness, right? Um, so this is uh, namely what the gift that God gives us through word and sacrament, uh, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Now uh, now you can play, answer the question as, uh, what is a gift according to the Assemblies of God? I don't know. I was hoping you weren't going to do that. What do the Assemblies of God believe about things? Don't worry. I'll check um, it out. Well, you're going to have a lot of the charismatic ideas of, of gifts, so maybe the gift of tongues or the gift... Um, uh, super uh, spiritual gifts, you know. So I have the gift of healing. I have the gift of uh, prophecy. I have the gift of, you know, these kinds of things. Ah, uh, okay. I so uh, if you've got a bad attitude, you're just going to spoil that gift of um, of prophecy, <laughs> or yes. spoil the gift of um, healing, or whatever it might be. Yeah, that's right. So the gift is not the gift of faith and forgiveness, but rather the divine, the uh, the divine charisma, uh, the anointing of the Spirit, which uh, empowers miracles. Um, Baptism in the Holy Spirit, tongue speaking, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, boy. That's okay. A bad deal. Well, we are coming up on another break again. What? If, if we haven't have... even started the show yet, and we're having a middle break? This is ridiculous. Sorry, Sorry to ruin that for you. But uh, when we come back from this break, um, we're going to be doing some Tinkman's the News and, uh, and then hearing from Pastor Wolf Mueller 
Um, uh, he's going to dig into the email bag, so oh. we'll answer your emails yeah. in the final uh-huh. segment of Table Talk Radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Don't go away. The Assemblies of God website had an unexpected error. The song is about syncretism. For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Today I don't feel like doing anything. I just want to lay in my bed. Don't feel like picking up my phone, so leave a message at the tone. Because today I swear I'm not doing anything. Pastor Wolfmiller's theme song. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. And uh, hey, that's my that's the Lutheran theme song. The, <laughs> there you go. For All right. my justification. Now it's time for a little Ten Commandments in the news. This is the game where we uh, talk about a particular news item, and then we discuss which of the Ten Commandments are being involved in the story. And uh, that's about it. Huh. That's an easy one. So do you want to... I just got your email, by the way, if you heard that on my phone. <laughs> by the way, turn your phone off. Okay. Uh, okay, so... I'm, do you, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a thing on the thing. I'm going to change my thing. Because what was I supposed to talk about? What are you talking about? I was supposed to about? talk about how we can't proselytize if we're chaplains anymore. Oh, that's a good... I'll talk about that first. But then I, I'm kind of interested also in talking about this uh, other thing, which is... How nobody wants the Boston bomber to be buried in their state. So I, uh, how about I want to talk about stories? the overuse of the word thing. That's the thing you want to do? <laughs> All, right, fine. All right, so pick one you first. You do that thing. Let me do my thing. So first, the first thing is this. Here, I have the thing right here in front of me. <laughs> okay, the thing reads like this. Pentagon may court-martial soldiers who share Christian faith. Ah, the Pentagon has released a statement confirming the soldiers could be prosecuted for promoting their faith. <laughs> Religious proselytization is not permitted within the Department of Defense. Quote, court martials and non-judicial punishments are decided on a case-by-case basis. There you go. Oh, that's it. Um, okay, so I, I, I find this interesting because last time I checked... Um, there was something in the Constitution about the freedom on uh, exercise of religion. Is that is that still no, around? There's, yeah, there's thing, there's a, something like that. That's in that thing. Okay. Now a, I, I don't thing, think then if if that's the thing, <laughs> I don't think that uh, the government or the president or the military can discriminate against what those uh, religious uh, practices are. So, if my religious practice is to get out a rug and to pray at a certain time. Um, facing a certain way, that would be one example of religious practice. Another example of religious practice may be speaking um, that faith to other people. Now, one of those might be more <laughs> accepted than another. <laughs> uh, that is um, probably the the latter uh, is is what's being denied here. But if this if the if the practice was for yeah, you know, something else. I find here though this idea of freedom of um, the practice of religion or the exercise of religion. Um, that what how that is being understood today is within the confines of your worship space on a particular time of the day, right? So you're free to do whatever you want in your building as long as it's not in front of us. 
but don't exercise your religion anywhere outside of that building or time and space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We got an article from Graf about that in the uh, upcoming edition of Around the Word, which can be found at aroundthewordjournal.com. Follow me on Twitter at bwolfmuller. For your certificates, visit wolfsoncreative.com. That's all. Now, okay. here's another news article. Wait, wait, wait. I got my commandments here. We got first commandment talking about wait, God. Wait, so, no, I was going to add to this. Oh, this is okay. more. Go ahead. Because I want you. I want to. I'm throwing some more into the pot here. Pentagon has clarified its position on religious talk among U.S. troops, saying it's okay to talk about one's beliefs, but aggressive proselytizing is not allowed. So, Pentagon says this is the headline: Military personnel can evangelize, but not proselytize. Hmm. Uh huh. Now, who's going to make that distinction? Here is the quote. Quote, service members can share their faith, evangelize, but must not force unwanted intrusive attempts to convert others of any faith or no faith to one's belief. Proselytization. Hmm. So now, you know what I'm like... against, by the way, is the word share. How did that that kind of mealy mouth, soft, cheeseball, socialist word <laughs> end up always being next to faith? One of the robust, strongest words in the English language. You share your faith. Everyone always talks like that. You know? Share. I'm going to share. Well, I got I... some faith. You can have half of it if you want. <laughs> I tell the kids, you have to share. And they say, but it's mine. And I say, okay, never mind. Because <laughs> I'm an American, for heaven's sakes. Now, I am, so Brian, I'm against it's, that. It's because... Um... You have a you have a negative connotation with that word because constantly in school you were always asked, Brian, do you want to share that with the class? And uh, now you think that that's like you a, want to a, share. A... <laughs> that's right. You want to share? Let's have some time for sharing. Everybody share. No, it's usually when you're. Have you guys been listening to share you know, lately? You, you were. You... <laughs> You're it's whispering. A horrible word, basically. You know, in sixth grade, Brian is whispering to the kid next to him. Teacher calls him out. Brian, you want to share what you're saying with the yeah, rest of the Yeah, I'm over in the back saying, this sounds like a bunch of mysticism to me. <laughs> oh, that'd <laughs> what be is this liberal? What is this liberal nonsense? We're coming, all going to sit crisscross yeah. applesauce. <laughs> coming coming soon to uh, Lutheran satire, uh, Pastor Wolfmuller in sixth grade <laughs> gives some material over to uh, Pastor Feeney. All right, I got commandments for this. Uh, okay. First commandment, uh, dealing with God. Second commandment... Um, uh, rightly using his name, that is yes. uh, Ooh, sharing yes. the gospel. The third, com- <laughs> I said that just for you. The third commandment is uh, dealing. Did you say sharing? Yeah. That's a, that. By the way, is an active sin, an actual sin. <laughs> okay, I'll give you four points for that. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, third commandment deals with uh, with worship and ever hearing the, buzzword, the word of God. Like two years. So third commandment's involved. Anytime the government's involved, we have the fourth commandment, and they're yes. being uh, uh, court-martialed would be an eighth commandment, uh, yes. bearing witness. So what uh, about being a soldier? Fifth commandment. Ooh, I didn't think about that. That's a stretch, Oof. but okay. Now you know, I, I'll tell you something else because another statistic came out. I heard this on the radio, which I'm a fan of. And it said there's something like over 2,000 cases of assault um, in the military, la- amongst military personnel last year, and they all went on un- and they went unreported. This kind of thing, so that there's this huge problem about um, the boundaries between men and women serving in the armed forces, right? 
And now, instead of talking about that, they talk about how, yeah, we probably shouldn't let these guys um, proselytize. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Get court-martialed for that, but the guy, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. There's a bit of irony in there. All right, I got, a, I got a news item for you. Here it is. Okay. Lumpkin County from High School space? in Georgia became the center of a controversy when students and faculty members conducted a prayer session that cut into the school day on Wednesday. According to the school superintendent, Dewey Moy, more than 50 students joined in the prayer service, which began around 7.30 in the morning and lasted for more than two hours. It was a student-led initiative. The students showed up at the coach's office, uh, and the coach did pray with them. Uh, and it went into the school day, uh, over into the first period of the day. Three of the teachers who attended the prayer revival reportedly had assistants to monitor their classrooms, but one teacher left his class unattended when he joined the students in prayer. The prayer service finally ended when an assistant principal went to the gym to break up the gathering. Since then, Moy has decreed that prayer sessions should no longer be held during school hours, saying, I believe it's a constitutional right to pray. Yes, I do. I believe they can do so at their desk as long as they do not disrupt the school day. Students and parents in the community are split on whether or not their public school should allow prayer during school time. According to WXIA, the Georgia American Civil Liberties Union is now investigating whether or not constitutional rights have been violated. Similar cases that have ended in lawsuits, no matter what religion was involved, have all ended with court orders prohibiting the religious activity. Moy said neither the students nor the teachers will be disciplined over the incident. For Newsy, I'm Christian Bryant, Multiple Sources, A Broader View. All right, there it oh, is. Oh, yeah, this is your Newsy thing. You really love that. Uh, I like Newsy because it, it takes uh, – it, it finds a story, then tries to go to all the major outlets, news sources that are trying to cover it, and they try to grab the highlights from all of them uh, so you get kind of a uh, – well, a broader view, as they say. Ah. So yeah. – Pulls um, it all together. What do you think of that? I, that is really interesting. The pro- they should what they should have done. They, you know what would have avoided all the problems in the first place is just got a Lutheran to pray, and they would have been to school early. <laughs> right, right. No, I think. I mean, I don't think this <laughs> this story is really in uh, a story about religion or prayer. Um, I think that the whole issue here is neglect of duties or neglect of vocation. Right. Right. Um, I mean, so let's let's say it wasn't prayer. Let's say it was um, you know a smoking break or something like that. And for two hours, they're standing outside smoking. Are they going to come in and say, we can't have smoking around schools? Well, I guess they would probably say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, drinking <laughs> drinking apple juice. Okay. You can't drink apple juice in schools. <laughs> what kind of apple juice is that? Are you sure that's apple juice? Be careful. They're going to be testing the sugar content yeah. of the apple juice so far. And you, you can't drink it in too big of a cup. You get my Here, point, now, though? I get your point. Now, here's what I think. So it, I can imagine. So pretend you're a student, okay, back in the day. Remember, like, three months ago when you were a student? And now you're supposed to be in class. Now, someone comes up to you, a friend of yours, and they say, oh, Evan, I really got to tell you this thing that happened last night. And, it was, and they come and they start talking to you, and and they have and, – and something really bad happened. Maybe they had a loved one who died or they're really dealing with something. Now, you say, you know what is more important than class here is Christian conversation and maybe even prayer. So you and I are going to sit here, and we are going to skip class, and we are going to talk about this and pray. Now – you, I think that's a fine thing to do in our Christian wisdom. We can actually decide, I'm going to break the rules. But then you go and you suffer. So you skipped class, so you get a detention or whatever, and then you gladly go to detention and you say, it was worth it. You don't say, I, you shouldn't punish me for doing that. But So you could say, look, we're, gonna, we're here and praying, and there's a lot of things that people want to pray for. So we'll keep praying. 
but will suffer the consequences later too for skipping class or whatever. And I think that's a grown-up kind of real way that we look at law and our own life. All right, we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. God first, no idols. Don't misuse God's name. Worship and rest. Honor your parents. This will bring God fame. When you keep the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, the ten commandments. The low-budget alternative to staring at the wall. This is Table Talk Radio. One more item for Ten Commandments in the news on Table Talk Radio, and then we're getting to your emails and uh, voicemails at one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. All right, Pastor Wolfman, what's your last uh, news item? I got a here? couple here. All right, ready? Uh, number one is this: um, bombing bo- Boston bombing suspect to be buried in Colorado, as the corpse of the deceased Boston Marathon bombing suspect remains in limbo, not theologically. <laughs> A Colorado man has offered to bury him here. Suspect Tomerlin Tarsnevis' uncle, Ruslan Tarsny. I would I would appreciate if you could pronounce these correctly. Has been seeking a location for Massachusetts to bury him, saying that the state was ultimately Tarsnevis' home. He has received assistance from Worcester, Massachusetts. Funeral home director Peter Stefan. But cemeteries in the state are unwilling to take his body. Sarnave has now been dead for almost three weeks. The founder of the Colorado Muslim Society, Mohammed, my buddy, says he would pay for a traditional Muslim burial, no headstone, monument, or casket, at a monument cemetery in the Denver area. Sheikh Abu Omar al-Bumarak says the family would have to get the body to Denver. People in Boston have been protesting the idea of Tarsarnave being buried anywhere in America. The response could be similar in Colorado if he did end up being buried in the state. Some people have stated started a fund to send his body to Russia, where his parents live. His mother reportedly wants him buried there, etc., etc. Now, update. Uh, Boston Marathon bombing suspect buried. Uh, after lying in limbo for almost three weeks, the body of deceased Boston Marathon bombing suspect Tomerlan Tsarnev <laughs> has been buried. Tsarnev. Every time I say it differently, I can't... There's. <laughs> The consonants are not in the right spot. was killed last month during a shootout with police in Cambridge just hours after the FBI publicly released photos of the bombing suspects. Since May 3rd, his body has sat in Worcester. Despite a desperate search for, by a funeral home director and his uncle, no cemetery in Massachusetts was willing to accept the body. There have been offers from people out of state, including the founder of the Colorado Muslim Society. Police have been forced to guard the Graham, Putnam, Mahoney, and Mahoney funeral home around the clock at the cost of 10000 bucks a day. Hmm. His body's been entombed. There's no word where the site is located. Now, I ask you, Evan, why does it matter where he's buried? What do you mean, why does it matter? People don't want him in, in buried in our native soil because he was an uh, enemy of our of our nation, of our country. Yeah, I know, but just when you're done, when you're dead, you're done with your body. You know, just put it in a pine box, throw it in the lake. Who cares? <laughs> um. Because that's it. <laughs> it's what his body did. <laughs> now, yeah, I think this is great because I can read on here. I'm looking at the uh, at the uh, 
the uh, the website for this thing, Colorado News, and there's people commenting on it, and they say, no, don't bring them here. We don't. In other words, we don't want to have fellowship with this terror. If there's this, there's this. I, you know, it's very rare that we get a glimpse of this. But the idea of having fellowship, being united in someone or not united in someone's life, doctrine, and practice, is part of the human condition. And here it has it has kind of reared its head in the most unexpected place, which is to say, we don't want to share the ground with this man, with mm-hmm. even with his body. We don't want to we don't want to partake in his uh, we don't want to partake in his violence by letting him be buried in our borders. It's a stunning sort of thing. I mean, really, it's kind of a it's 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 a picture. It's I mean, not of closed communion in the in the in that kind of sense, but of the idea that two things that what happens to someone's body after they die matters, and and that uh, that it really there really is a sense of having fellowship with someone. I or was, not having fellowship. I was sort of thinking about this too because I think that the um uh the the dividing. Uh, well, all the issues that divide the the political left and political right uh, are really as a result of, I think, of differing worldviews. Um, so that uh, someone on the political left just can't really agree upon anything. So someone who's on the political right, because they're just viewing the world uh, in different ways. But I've always thought that the one thing that sort of unites, uh, if there's anything that we sort of come together on, it is uh, patriotism, right? So this mm-hmm. is the one thing that's left mm-hmm. that uh, the that left and right can come together as patriotism. Sort of, but yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So um, so now, uh, you know, pretty much everyone universally is saying, no, we don't want this guy buried here. We don't want this guy. And, I mean, they're even willing to raise money to send this guy away, which which I right. think is rather amazing if you think yep. about it. You know, we, we would rather uh, give up our some of our our hard-earned money to, to send him away to another place where he's not, he's not, uh, he's not buried here. Yeah. Um, Yep. Now That's I think amazing, now to, to to push your push your point um, about how you know we don't often have this demonstrated in our in our world of uh, you know, practice and doctrine as you put it. Um, I think that we we could be consistent just to see what people say. Well, I think you should be loving. You should be tolerant, right? You should be tolerant of of guy who's you know going to bomb you know, and. You know that's not very loving for you to uh, to reject his burial, right? That would be the consistent uh, take, taking their position and, and and drawing it out a little bit further. Yep, that's right. But we see that matters of faith in this case, you shouldn't blow people up. We do have unity of that. That do- that doctrine actually trumps love. Then, <laughs> and we are able to say, hey, it's unloving. Probably it's unloving to blow people up. I mean, generally, you know. Generally. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good. Okay, so I've got uh, first commandment because he was a Muslim, yeah. uh, which would also be second commandment as well, yep. um, misusing the Lord's name. Uh, fourth commandment in that we want to send his body to his mother. Um, and, and then the fifth commandment in that he blew people up. Um, yeah, right. Eighth commandment is dealing with the witness that we are saying when we uh, agree to have him buried in in our in our uh, yep. cemetery. Yep. I think that's it. So one, two, four, five, and eight. Yeah, I would put. I mean, I think false doctrine always breaks the third commandment too. So you could lump that in there. But uh, okay, that's a pretty wide sense of the use of the word doctrine. But okay, yeah, the false doctrine of the Muslims. 
Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Okay. So one, two, three are kind of automatic always. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Okay, let's go to the email. What do you got, Pastor Wolf? I got one. Here's I have a registration. I'm sorry this has been overlooked. I received this registration for the Cult of Pure Doctrine uh, two months ago. This is for the Boston Beer Party chapter, the Cult of Pure Doctrine. I'll read the application. We would like to apply for status chapter, the Cult of Pure Doctrine, in the name of the Boston Beer Party. I believe we meet the requirements of your guidelines. Which, what are those again? Quia subscription to the Book of Concord and doing a goofy thing. We hold that no one on this side of heaven is truly orthodox enough to be a member, but you can, but you can still be one provided you have a Quia subscription to the Book of Concord. We also require each member to have a, rid- a ridiculous nickname. Hence, we have Paul the Astrophysicist, <laughs> Eric X Cathedra, and Mark Elder the Younger. <laughs> Naturally, we will provide updates as we did in person at the Brothers of John the Steadfast Conference. They also, by the way, these guys provided... A uh, a number of fortune cookies. They went out to Chinese food and brought me their fortunes. Nice. Let us know if there's any duels or formal documents which must be filled. Any dues? Yeah, there should be dues. I'm sure there's dues, Paul. Just send your dues. Brian Wolfmuller. Uh, Paul, Edmund, Paul Edmund, Chairman, Boston Beer Party Chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine. You guys are enrolled. Welcome to the club. I got another uh, uh, thing for the Cult of Pure Doctrine. I just can't... F- I can't find it in the email here, somewhere around here. Hmm. So, welcome. All right. Ah, here it is. I found it. Not to worry, I found it. Charles writes, I would like to start a non-regular chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine. It will be named the St. Lucifer and Rhesus chapter. What? Oh, here. St. Lucifer was a 4th century bishop and strong defender of the Council of Nicaea, whose language often makes Luther sound tame. Rhesus is found in 2 Maccabees 14:37 to 46. If you haven't read his story, you should. My chapter promises to argue in an offensive and polemical way at least once a year and hurl ourselves out of windows if people try to burn our houses down and then throw our entrails at people. Okay. I think that applies. Sincerely, Charles. So the chapter of, this is a weird one, but the St. Lucifer and Rhesus chapter, non-regular chapter, welcome to membership. But is non-regular kind of like non-geographic? I think so. Okay. I think so. So we do have a non-geographic chapter. That's the Slatonism chapter. <laughs> they colloquized in because they were something else before. <laughs> and we now have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six chapters of the Cult of Pure Doctrine, not including the original Aurora chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine. Man. Well, this this is, is an evangelism so this, explosion. So this right is now. really sweeping the nation, then, huh? I know. Slow down. Do we have any, any international uh, chapters? Not yet. This is now, uh, Evan. Thank you. This is the call for international chapters of Cult of Pure Doctrine. Right. I, by the way, distance myself from this. I have, I have no part of this. You distanced yourself from Pure Doctrine a long time ago. <laughs> now I got some more emails. Ready? Yeah, thirty seconds. What? Dear pastors, there's some people at my church who think the four spiritual laws and the sinner prayer are a good thing. What the heck do I say in response to this uh, that's thoughtful, intelligent, non-insulting, and with a straight face? <laughs> I'm at a Missouri Center Church. Help. Michelle, a Lutheran dental hygienist. And P.S. Is Evan flossing? Women like fresh breath. Just trying to help. Oh, thank you. Need more help than that, Michelle. <laughs> Uh, four spiritual laws. Well, the four spiritual laws are one, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Two, sin stands in the way. Three, Jesus overcame the gap. Four, you have to accept him into your heart and put him at the center of everything you do. Ah, okay. Well, I think that uh, in the short time we have, we can just address the latter, that it puts the onus of salvation upon the person. And uh, and so when we put the onus of salvation upon the person, 
we uh, we lose then that that God is responsible for salvation, and that then is a window for the devil to use against us in the moments of temptation. Yeah, that's right. It steals the certainty of the Lord's mercy. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like Evan's flossing. Hey. Hey. I floss. <laughs> I floss. I floss. Points are amazing then. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.